So yeah, guys, I'm back with another episode for my podcast, Boxing Talks with Ashley. And in this episode, I'll be talking about the history of Aaron Pryor. And before I start talking about the history of him, I gotta say a few things. So the first thing I gotta say is don't mind the background noise. The second thing I gotta say is I may say some repeating stuff. And the third thing I gotta say is I may mess up a little bit. And the fourth thing I gotta say is don't forget to tell your friends and family about this podcast. So yeah, guys, I'm gonna get started. Uh, Aaron Pryor was born on... Uh, October 20th, 1955, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Perhaps one of the greatest ever light welterweights in the history of boxing was born. Aaron Pryor started boxing at the age of 12 and noticed and notched up an amazing amateur record of 204 wins and just 16 defeats. He won a string of medals before turning pro, including a highlight rule win over legendary Thomas Hearns in the 1976 lightweight National Golden Gloves final. Despite his Golden Gloves win, Pryor was overlooked for the Olympic team after losing a controversial decision at the trials for the Games before the national team was announced. He was tipped to be America's best prospect at a gold medal, and there were even rumors that Sugar Ray Leonard moved up in weight just to avoid Pryor at the Games without the endorsements and Olympic recognition, Pai was largely unnoticed by the TV networks and the boxing world in general. He even started his paid career as a sparring partner for the man who he lost to at the Olympic trials, Howard Davis Jr. Lacking the respect and an acknowledgement he so richly craved, prior soon set about, about the lightweight division in 1976, facing and easily beating overmatched opponents after quickly stringing to, to Together, 23 consecutive wins, he still couldn't land a title shot, so he decided to move up to the light welterweight ranks. Within two fights, Pryor would finally get it. his shot at a world title against the classy Colombian Antonio Kidd Cervantes in 1980. Pryor would get knocked out down would get knocked down at the end of the first round by a counter right hand, which only appeared to encourage and range him rather than hurt him that had been shown a red rag like a bull that had been showed a red rag Pryor went out and absolutely smashed Cervantes for two rounds cutting him badly above the right eye in the third round before finishing the champion off with a barrage of punches in the fourth at the age of 25 Aaron Pryor was a new light welterweight king he would next get the opportunity of a super fight with Roberto Duran, but due to a delay in signing a contract due to management problems, Duran opted to face Sugar Leonard in a rematch, and Pryor's opportunity had passed. Pryor now had a new man in his eyes, knocked out opponent after opponent, making five successive defenses of the, his WBA title while knocking on his door in a post-fight interview. Pryor, uh, when asked, who he wanted to face next, he said, I want to fight Leonard because I feel like though I'm the king of the junior welterweights for what I have already done. He even gate-crashed a Sugar Ray press conference saying, I beat Tommy Hearns. I'm undefeated and just beat the number one contender in my wake division. Why not come up? I want to fight. An agreement had reportedly eventually been signed, and they would face each other in the late 1982. But sadly, it was announced that Leonard had suffered a detached retina and would retire from boxing, craving a mark, 
name, a marquee name, and being avoided by most fighters, Aaron Pryor would still get fulfill his dream of facing a world-class opponent when Nicaraguan legend Alexis Arguello stepped up in weight and participated in what was dubbed the Ring of Fire and has been considered by many as one of the greatest fights in the history of the light welterweight division. Um, Arguello had requested that he, the fight would be a 15-round contest because he felt it was in those later championship rounds he would take control and win the contest. It was an out-and-out action-packed one that swung one way to another in stages, and every time it looked as though one of the fighters were on their way down back, they would come to the crowded amazement going into the 14th round and the judges were split. Two had prior three rounds ahead and the other had Arguello by two rounds. Both fighters could sense the fight was close and in the rounds where prior was supposed to fade, he appeared to be very much the force of that he had been all night. At the start of the round, Pryor raced off of the stool, of his stool, looking for the knockout. And after landing a series of unanswered consecutive blows to Aguero's head while he was slumped against the ropes, the referee jumped in to the stop the fight. Pryor had finally done what he had always dreamed of doing and that was beating a world-class fighter to prove he really was the best light or to wait a comp a com accompanied by recognize recognition he so desired unfortunately for the for prior the fight would be fulfilled with much controversy and questions where rate were raised about an incident involving his then trainer Adam Lewis at the end of the 13th round while Pryor was in the corner. Lewis kept asking for the black bottle, the one next for after fa failing to conduct a drug test after the bout. But many had claimed that there must have been something in the bottle as Pryor seemed to get an extra boost to risk off his stool in the 14th and destroy a legend. Boxing rules state that you can only have water in the corner, so how can you mix water with water? Lewis claimed that he said to it to psychology stimulate prior. Ketman already clearly claimed it was peppermint snaps to settle an upset stomach that Aaron had better before the fight and prior denied any wrongdoing at all. Lewis would lose his license a year later for removing padding from a fighter's glove, a wrongdoing which three years later resulted in criminal charges and a six-year jail sentence for assault, criminal possession of a weapon, the boxer's hands, and conspiracy. The fighter involved in the incident also received a jail sentence and would later claim that Lewis would break of pills used to treat asthma and pull them into the water, which would give him greater lung capacity in the later rounds of the in a, of a fight. Although it was a claim that was never proven, 
after the scandal and another successful title defense ending via TKO, the Hawk hired legendary trainer Emmanuel Stewart for the anticipated rematch with Arguello. This time there would be no controversy as Pryor was even more relentless as if eager to prove a point and proved he did and proved and proved one he did. Ahead on all scorecards going into the tenth, the Hawk proved the Hawk pounced on his prey and Ford Arguelle after another series of brutal combinations. Arguelle knew then that he had no answer for prior and that he was truly beaten by the better man. This was the end and he sat in disappointment and allowed himself to be counted out. Pryor had silenced all critics with a world-class performance against a world-class fighter, and this time there could be no speculation. This time it would be admiration for both men who had left pieces of themselves in the ring during two brutal and epic battles. And if if truth be told, neither fighter would truly be the same again. Another super fight was set up to seal Aaron's legacy with Ray Boom Boom and Sini, but those dreams were destroyed when Mancini was knocked out by the Minstone Bramble in 1984. His promoter, Bob Arum, said Pryor's cried when he heard the news and that he actually saw his tears. The Hawk would only make two more successful defenses of his title before being stripped off battle in November 1985 for failure of defend to defend it. This spelt the end of the real Aaron Pryor in the ring, whom from 1977 all the way to 1983 knocked out 28 consecutive opponents and excessively defended his world title 10 times. Pryor was absent from the ring for two years after being striped off his title. He made a short-lived comeback in 1987, which resulted in the time the only in the only blemish of his record. But after documented drug problems, the Hawk was a shell of the band who dominated and was avoided in the light welterweight division for five years. He would fight afar, uh, for a further three times against journeyman, winning all those by knockout before finally hanging up his gloves and concentrating on his dreams on his demons in 1990. He finally kicked his drug habit in 1993 and has been clean ever since. Pryor was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1996 after finishing his career with a record of 34 wins and one loss. The Hawk excited crowds with his amazing hand speed, punching power, and overall KO percentage of 87.5%. Seven and a half percentages and forty bouts, he accomplished all that he could between the ropes, and for that he shall always be remembered as the, a true ring legend. He held the WBA light welterweight title from 1980 to 1984, and the IBF light welterweight title from 1983 to 1985. So yeah, guys, this is the history of Eric Pryor. I hope you guys enjoyed, and don't forget to tell your friends and family about this podcast. So yeah, peace.